Betsy Tacy by Maud Hart Lovelace, Chapter Nine, The Sand Store. That spring, Betsy's father built a room on their house. He said, "What if our family should grow bigger? There's a bedroom for mother and me, and one for Julia and Betsy. But what about Robert Ray Jr. when he comes along?" So he hired a mason and a carpenter, and they built another bedroom. It was downstairs, tucked into the corner between the back parlor and the kitchen. It was going to belong to Betsy's father and mother after all. Robert Jr. could have one of the upstairs bedrooms. Betsy's father said. Betsy and Tacy thought it was exciting to have a room built on. They played seesaw on the clean, good-smelling planks. They made curls for their dolls out of the fresh yellow shavings. They dug in the sand pile which the mason had left. That sand was what started the sand store. Betsy and Tacy had played store lots of times. The piano box had been first one kind of store and then another the summer before. It had been a millinery store full of hats made from late maple leaves, and it had been a lemonade store where they sold lemonade. Now it became a sand store on account of the fresh new sand. It happened on the first good play-out Saturday in spring. The sun was warm over the earth. Robins and bluebirds and orioles flew in and out of the newly leaved maples, singing as they went. The air smelled sweet from the blooming plum trees in Betsy's father's orchard, and the plumy purple lilacs by the side kitchen door. Julia and Katie had gone up on the hill to pick flowers, but Betsy and Tacy had stayed to play in the sand. The sand was so white and pretty that Betsy got an idea. Let's put it in bottles and sell it, she said. Where will we get the bottles? Asked Tacy. Oh, we'll ask our mammas and Mrs. Benson," said Betsy. So she and Tacy ran to get the bottles. Betsy's mother gave them an olive bottle and a pickle bottle and a ketchup bottle, and Tacy's mother gave them a pickle bottle and a ketchup bottle and a big fat jar, and Mrs. Benson gave them a ketchup bottle and a pickle bottle and a perfume bottle with a blue-colored stopper. Betsy and Tacy washed all the bottles and took them to the sand pile. Now we'll fill them," said Betsy, and they each began on a pickle bottle, putting the sand in with spoons. Tacy held her bottle up to the sun and looked at it. "I wish that sand was colored like our Easter eggs," she said. Then Betsy jumped up and began to jump up and down. "Tacy," she cried, "I saved those Easter egg dies. They're put away in bottles in our piano box." And sure enough, they were. They were hidden in a corner under a pile of yellow shaving curls and some Sunday school cards and a box where a turtle had lived. There was green dye and yellow and purple and red and blue. Betsy and Tacy ran into their houses and got cups, the cups with handles missing and cracks along the sides. They emptied the dye into the cups and put sand into the dye and they left it in the dye until it was colored. Then they spread it out on one of the new planks, each color in a different heap. While it dried, they sang a song which Betsy made up. It went like this: Oh, the Easter egg dies! The Easter egg dies! We could make sa this sand into Easter egg pies, but we're going to fill beautiful bottles instead with Easter egg yellow and Easter egg red. At dinner time, Julia and Katie came down from the hill with their hands full of violets and hepaticas, bloodroots and Dutchman's breeches. They stopped and stared when they saw the colored sand. Well, for goodness' sake, they said, and then they said, "We'll help you fill those bottles after dinner." Julia and Katie were nice sometimes. Besides, it was fun filling the bottles. 
The vanilla bottle and the ketchup bottles were filled with sand of just one color. That was because they were hard to fill. Their necks were small. The other bottles had sand in layers, purple with yellow, green with red, red with blue. The jar that Tacy's mother had given them was the prettiest of all. Into that one they put sand of every color. The mouth of the jar was wide, so that the stripes could be made smooth and even. It made Betsy throb inside to see the shining colors through the glass. When they had finished, Julia jumped up. "'Now I've got to practice my music lesson,' she said. "'I've got to take care of Paul,' Katie said. Betsy and Tacy didn't care. In front of the piano box they put two chunks of wood, the kind that Betsy's mother burned in the kitchen stove. Across those chunks they laid one of the planks from the room Betsy's father had built. They got a cigar box to hold their money, and Tacy sat behind the counter, and Betsy called, "'Sand for sale! Sand for sale!' She called it as loud as she could. At last the children began to come, all the children of Hill Street. They, brought, they bought bottles of sand, and they paid for them with pins. The bottom of the cigar box was glittery with pins. But Betsy and Tacy wouldn't sell their two best bottles for pins. They wouldn't sell the perfume bottle with the blue-colored stopper, nor the big fat jar. "'We'll sell them to Mrs. Benson,' they said. So when all the rest of the bottles were gone, they went to Mrs. Benson's house. She was busy getting supper, but she stopped to admire the bottles. "'What beautiful bottles of sand,' she said. "'How much do you ask for them?' "'We don't know,' said Betsy and Tacy. "'Would five cents apiece be enough?' Five cents apiece,' said Betsy and Tacy. They were astounded.' Mrs. Benson gave them each a nickel, and put the big fat jar on her piano, and the perfume bottle on her parlor table. "'Don't they look beautiful?' she said. Betsy and Tacy thought they did. Halfway up the hill, Betsy said, "'Five cents is a terrible lot of money.' "'I know it,' Tacy said. "'I'm not sure,' said Betsy, "'but I think that five and five make nine. "'I'm sure they do,' said Tacy. "'I've heard Katie talking about it. "'It's a lot of money to keep around and not spend,' said Betsy. "'After a moment, Tacy said, "'We could go to Mrs. Chubbuck's.' "'No,' said Betsy. "'You only need pennies to buy candy. "'These are nickels. "'We can buy something more important than candy.' "'She thought and she thought. "'Do you know what I think we'd better buy?' she asked, "'after she had thought. "'What?' asked Tacy. "'That chocolate-colored house.' "'The one we pass when we go to school?' asked Tacy. "'With the tower,' said Betsy, "'and the pane of colored glass over the door.' "'What would we do with it when we got it?' asked Tacy. "'Why, live in it. "'We'd sleep in the room with the tower.' "'We could look through that colored glass whenever we pleased,' said Tacy. "'So they decided to go and buy the chocolate-colored house. "'At the vacant lot they met one of Tacy's brothers. "'It was George.' the one who asked the tailor for fashion sheets for Tacy. "'Aren't you two a long way from home?' he asked. "'We go to school this way every day,' Tacy said. "'But this isn't school time. This is supper time,' said George. As he spoke, the whistle blew for six o'clock. "'Well, it's like this,' said Betsy. "'Tacy and I earned a lot of money today.' "'So you're going to Mrs. Chubbuck's?' "'No,' said Tacy. "'We're going to buy a house.' "'A house? What house?' "'That house,' said Betsy and Tacy, and they pointed through the trees on the vacant lot to the corner of the street beyond. 
you could see quite plainly the tower of the chocolate-coloured house. "'How much money have you got?' asked George. Nine cents,' said Tacy. "'We think it's nine cents,' said Betsy. They opened their hands and showed him the two nickels. George pulled his mouth down hard as though he were thinking. "'It's lots of money, all right,' he said. "'It isn't quite enough, though, to buy that house. I wouldn't buy it today if I were you.' "'What are we having for supper, Tacy?' "'I don't know,' said Tacy. She hung her head in disappointment. Betsy swallowed hard. "'Maybe it's near enough summer,' said George, "'so that you two could take your plates up on the hill. "'Do you remember how you used to do that?' "'Oh, yes!' cried Tacy. "'It was fun!' cried Betsy. "'They had almost forgotten how they used to eat on the hill.' They looked up Hill Street, and the hill seemed to have been painted with a light green brush. Their little bench was waiting in the rosy sunset light. "'I'll go and ask my mamma,' said Betsy. "'I'll go ask my mamma too,' said Tacy. They both started to run. "'And put those nickels in the bank,' George called. "'Save them, do you hear?' But Betsy and Tacy were running too fast to hear. End of chapter 9. Read by Kara Schallenberg, www.kray.org on Wednesday, June 3, 2015, in San Diego, California.